You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Actaus. Each episode, I dig deep into the world of cars with news, reviews, and other random motor talk. From engine cars to EVs, I'm here to entertain you whilst you're nipping through traffic or even whilst you're stuck at home trying to change your exhaust. But warning, I may ramble on about Fiat Pandas. You've been warned. Anyway, engage launch control. It's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello and welcome to Series 3, Episode 11 of the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Actaz. I'm on social media at DanielCarzo5, so please do give me a follow along with the podcast on Twitter at Piston Podcast. Episode 11 is being recorded on the 11th of April 2021, which coincidentally is Jeremy Clarkson, Jeremy Clarkson himself, his 61st birthday. So let's dedicate this podcast episode to him. Have a very good birthday, JC. Now, over the next half hour, we've got plenty of things to talk about. There's a lot of piston discussion because a lot's happened. Obviously, that last week I was joined by special guest Jake Bill, so we didn't get a chance to talk about the latest car news and stuff like that. It was about 40 minutes of constant Panda Mini McGann talk. It was a great chat. So after this podcast, if you want something else to listen to, then please do consider listening to episode 10 because it's just a really, really nice chat with a really nice guy. Jake is is he's really nice, so do have a listen to that podcast but in this episode the piston podcast pick of the week is back with the uh, it's the volkswagen id4 which is volkswagen's all new electric suv so if you are a school run parent and you want an suv but you don't want to drive around a gas guzzling you know diesel range rover or something like that then volkswagen have the answer for you so in this episode, in this show, I'm going to be reviewing that for you, going through all the specs and talking about what I think about it, even though it doesn't really, you know, doesn't change things in any way, but oh well, may as well express my opinion. Um, there's also the top 10 list, which this week is Family EV, so if the ID4 isn't for you, then there's 10 other cars that you could opt for, or 9 other cars, because... Sneak peek, the ID4 does feature. Um, and My Way or Highway, that's coming up later on. And the Piston Podcast Quiz Question of the Week, which is one of my favourite segments because it's quite interactive and it's great. So, yeah, it's going to be a good episode, hopefully. Um, so do stick around for the next half hour because we're going to go into you know car heaven where we just talk about you know absolute motoring nonsense, which is what this podcast is. It's just great, isn't it? So, yeah, do consider subscribing as well or following the podcast or support it via uh, by sharing, your, sharing it with your friends or leaving a positive review on whatever platform you're on. Every single bit of support I really do appreciate because it does help the podcast go up in the automotive charts. So, yeah, I'd really appreciate that. So, well, let's start with some motoring news because, you know, a lot happens in the motoring industry and it needs to be discussed. Um, so let's kick off with Bentley, uh, who are returning to Pikes Peak to chase one final record. So this is after um, they, they, they won the last record on Pikes Peak. So they're hoping to win another. Um, so that's exciting. Bentley are, they've got a lot of plans at the moment. I know Bentley and Porsche are teaming up to try and save the internal combustion engine, which is a, a new story that I was going to talk about later, but I'll talk about it now. So I'm guessing that's with e-synthetic fuels. Um, which are eco-friendly, and it's to keep the combustion engine, the internal combustion engine, alive and to stop the rise in electric cars. Now, I'm 50-50 on it. If it works, great. But I just think it's going to be a lot of work. And is it going to be efficient? You know, is this fuel... It might be clean, but is it renewable? That is, it's all a big question. We may as well just go to electric cars. It's a very split-sided argument. Um, so, again, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can email the podcast 
uh, via the piston podcast at gmail.com or let me know uh, on Twitter or Instagram. Let me know your opinion and I can talk about it on the podcast and we can uh, we can discuss it further. So what do you think of e-synthetic fuels in electric cars? Do let us know. Um, Audi's next generation e-tron tech aims to save school children's lives. So the new e-tron tech, uh, it'll be fitted um, with some new pieces of technology which makes drivers more aware of their surroundings. So I'm guessing this is like what do you call it, radar and cameras and stuff like that, which detects children and, you know, slams on the brakes to stop you plowing them down, because that's not great, is it? It's not great at all. So Audi are saving children's lives, so, yeah, respect to Audi for that. BMW, this is great, BMW is in the hot seat, well, it's not great, but, yeah, it's funny anyway. BMW in the hot seat after driver burns bum when heated seat catches fire. Now, this is extremely ironic, um, because... <laughs> <laughs> you know, a heat seat, heated seat is meant to, in, and you know, you know, there's no other way to put it. It's meant to heat your backside, okay? So it catching fire is pretty ironic, um, because you know it's kind of doing its job, but just in a, you know, overly powerful way. So yeah, heated seat system in a BMW caught fire. Problem is, however, BMW has refused to replace the seat. Now BMW a bit of a mess though with customer service. I know that for a fact. Um, I don't know what is up with them really, but there we go. So it says, heated seats are a blessing, so we thought. Like all tech, things go wrong. But this 6 Series owner, David Merck, uh, it can't be called David Merck, oh my god he is, has discovered a fault with his car, which has left him and his behind burning with rage. <laughs> that is great. Who's So this is an article on Drive Tribe written by Ben Wellham, who was actually a guest on the Piston podcast. I think... Uh, series 2, episode 2, so go check that out. Again, he's a lovely guy. So, yeah, credits to Ben Wellham for that title. That is just golden. I might I might actually um, message him after this and say I absolutely loved it. Um, so, he was waiting for his wife outside a supermarket in a 650i convertible when he started to feel a burning sensation as the heated seats began to actually burn a hole underneath him. David told the publication, I was suddenly conscious. My back was getting very hot. Let's continue. It was just a little bit above my right buttock. I got out of the car and wondered what the hell was going on. All of a sudden, there was all this smoke and a pain in my behind. I couldn't believe it. It turns out the car's electrical element had actually burnt a hole through the leather seat and then through Merck's jumper. You got me called Merck. Is it Merch? <laughs> That's amazing. So this is another quotation. There was a bit of smoke and a hole so I turned off the engine. I haven't switched off the heated seat on since. I haven't turned on the heated seat since, he added. Um, so he's actually posted a picture of the, the burning holes, actually. So, wow, that's shocking. It's an older BMW, which is probably why BMW you know, try not to get involved. I think it's 56 reg. Um, so Merck was told the fire was caused by a short circuit and that the car, since the car was more than 14 years old and therefore no longer covered by warranty, BMW could not do anything. Uh, about it and refused to replace the seat, as I just said before. It's just too old. So, um, wow, that that's what what a what a news story. I don't think we're going to beat that in this show. Um, BMW said, however, we recognise this must have been an unpleasant experience, and as a gesture of goodwill, BMW UK has offered to cover the initial diagnosis fee in full via the customer's chosen BMW retailer. <laughs> oh dear. 
Despite this, Merck still wasn't satisfied and he continues to investigate the problem. What a story. That is just amazing. It's the best thing I've heard a week, actually. Uh, but yeah, I feel sorry for his right buttock. Um, but there we go. <laughs> that is amazing. That's that's brightened up my day a bit because it's been a very, very, very boring weekend. I'm recording this on a Sunday. And all weekend it's just been so lifeless and just nothing happening. So uh, yeah, that that's made it so so much better. So there we go. Um, Jerry Seinfeld, I don't know who he is, but he has a Porsche 911 GT3 RS. And it's full of optional extras, and it's worth over $250,000. But what's so tasteful is he's actually done the wing delete. So the GT3 RS, you know it has the massive rear wing. He's actually going to take it off, or, you know, paid somebody to take it off. And it looks quite tasteful. Um, would I do it? Possibly. Because if I had a GT3 RS, which is a lovely car, I don't, sadly, um, you know, driving around with a really, really massive wing, people are going to look at you and go, you moron. They just are, aren't they? It's, it's a sad reality. People are like that. So I'd probably do the wing delete. I don't know how it affects aerodynamics, probably for the worst, but yeah, it, it looks quite tasteful, actually. It looks nice. But like a GT3 Touring. So there we go. Nice, nice car. Um, Skoda has sharpened up the Octavia with the Sportline model. This enhanced look should get more people talking about the Octavia range. Skoda are on a roll at the moment, aren't they, really? Skoda are doing really well. They've, they've got, you know, massive selection of cars. And to be honest, they're just a cheaper VW nowadays. There's nothing wrong with them at all. Um, so there we go. Uh, another thing about the Bentley Pikes Peak thing I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago. They say it's for the third and final time. So this is the third time they're going for this record and the final time. So there we go. A little add-on for you. Uh, another news. This one-off Holden Monaro GTS 350 can be yours for 350 Ironic. Thousand. Sorry. 350 Hundred thousand. I can't read. I honestly can't read. Three hundred fifty hundred thousand. <laughs> I shouldn't have a podcast. Sorry. Could be yours for three hundred fifty. <laughs> three hundred fifty thousand dollars, not three hundred fifty hundred thousand. <laughs> oh my god! I am such a moron. Says so the question is: Is this a reasonable sum for this Australian classic car? Now, now the GTS. 350 is a lovely car. Would I pay 350 hundred thousand? No, I would not. Um, so there we go. That's the end of that story. 350 hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, it's ironic actually. I, mean, I know I'm saying ironic a lot, but a lot of ironic things are happening. It's uh, it's ironic or funny that my latest math test that I did at school, I scored about 36 percent, uh, and I'm in a higher set. So you know, give me a chance. But yeah, that is. Um, Probably should be ashamed. So here we go. Let's move away from three hundred fifty hundred thousand. Um, what else has gone on? Let's let's move away very quick. Um, Mini has teamed up with Earthwatch to plant trees. So this is six hundred trees in an area the size of a tennis court. Um, so well done to Mini. That's great. And they've got a massive picture, obviously, with a Mini Electric. Be a bit stupid if they had a diesel Mini, wouldn't they? Wouldn't it really? Or you know, a high emission petrol Mini in front of planting trees. So it's the Mini Electric, which I've reviewed in this podcast. Again, go check that out. So many you could check out. I mean, you could listen to all of them if you want. Um, You'd be there for a long while. I think about 40 hours or something, so good luck. Um, Maybe even more, but there we go. So there we go. Mini, well done for planting them trees. It's very kind of you. Until, you know, 10 years' time, they build houses in that field and knock all the trees down, which probably will happen. Bentley has announced that it will be launching Bentley Residences 
So it's a collaboration with Deezer Development and it'll be launched in Miami, Florida. So they're making, you know, residences for Bentley workers to live. That's nice. That's very nice. Um, some official photos have been launched for the new MG Cyberster. There you go. That's a cool name. So apparently it's a car straight from the year 2050, and it is. It does look incredible. MG are on a roll. Now, I'm going to do another podcast plug because, you know, I can, you know. Um, I think it was the second episode of this series. I was joined by Lewis Macklin, who actually has an MG3 pre-facelift, and that is also an equally lovely car. So I'm, I'm sure he'll be really hyped up about this Cyberster, definitely. Um, now, there's a new Corvette coming out, and it's called the E-Ray. Um, now, it says E, so I'm going to take a random guess and guess it's electric. But then again, I think that's probably completely wrong, because an electric Corvette, they can't really do that. Yes. Oh, wow. The rumours of an electric Corvette have been going around for some time now. Most notably, the prospect of one was even teased by the current US president and noted Corvette enthusiast Joe Biden during his campaign period. Whilst the premiere of an electrified Corvette is one that definitely raises a few eyebrows amongst amongst the purists, electrification is well on the way to becoming normality on road cars. With this in mind, it was only a matter of time that an electrified Corvette would come anywhere near being developed. The new hybrid Corvette will effectively be a replacement for the Grand Sport, slotting into the middle child area of the Corvette lineup and potentially also inheriting its wide body styling. So, you know, to be honest, I'm a fan of that, I think. I like electric cars quite a lot. As much as petrol cars and, you know, possibly diesels, and then they're not my favourites. Um, yeah, that's that's nice to hear, actually. Um, now, the previous generation Corvette, which is the C7, I think. Yes, it is. I actually had a look round, because there was, I was at a car show in 2019, um, which feels so long ago now. Uh, what a good year. But, um, yeah, I was at a car show, and there was a guy with a C8 Corvette they actually imported. And uh, he was showing me around it and, you know, revving it. And it was a lovely thing. But I couldn't help but notice the money you pay and the money you pay to import it over and, you know, all the taxes and stuff. Why don't you just go out and buy a Porsche 911? Hopefully he's not listening, but that's what I'd do. A Corvette in Britain does not work. Uh, that is my opinion. So feel free to argue back. Um, so there we go. I think we should move away from car news because it's getting very passionate. So let's talk about Twitter, um, because a lot has been happening on my Twitter this past week. Um, shall I get my Twitter up and I can I can read you some some stuff? Let me have a look. I'll go on to my Twitter, which is Daniel Carzo5. Um, I actually posted a, th- a BBC article which talked about people having to rethink when they come to buy SUVs. And it was a chart that show how popular cars have grown in size. So there's the classic Mini in comparison with the BMW Mini in comparison with the Mercedes-Benz GLS 220. 2020. And the size difference is massive. And I posted, ask yourself, are SUVs really that necessary? Now, there's probably a 100 responses, and they're all getting very, very narky. Some of them saying, yes, SUVs are not necessary, and some people saying they are necessary. I was expecting that because, you know, people have their opinions. Uh, however, there's a few people getting a bit narky and suggesting that because I was 15 years old, I basically wasn't entitled to an opinion. So that was, you know, that was odd. Uh, but anyway, he's been blocked. So thank you to everybody who's been supportive. But there we go. Um, <laughs> 15 and not allowed an opinion. Wow. Wow. And they say equality's here. Probably not. So, um, yeah, that was an interesting thing. Feel free to get involved with the conversation on my Twitter uh, with SUVs. And also, I posted a uh, electric Fiat Panda 
um, Mark One that I saw on Facebook, and you know, it's got, at, at recording time of recording, it's got 350 likes on Twitter, which is amazing. People obviously really like it, um, so that's good. Mark One Electric Panda is just superb. So there we go. That's my little random Twitter segment. Um, a lot has been happening on Twitter. And honestly, at one point, I had to turn my Twitter notifications off. So if you've been messaging me on Twitter and I've been slow replying, that's probably why. So I apologise. Uh, let's move on to Top Gear because Series 30 finished last Sunday. Um, was it last Sunday? Yeah, it was. It was last Sunday. And so it's a four-episode series, which is shorter than normal, but that's because of covid uh, obviously, and it's a bit of a tease though, because Sky said it was there were ten episodes, and there wasn't. There was four. A bit disappointing, but the four episodes there were were fantastic. Probably their best series to date. And we have to consider as well it was filmed all from home and quite difficult. You know, COVID tests and stuff like that. It's very complicated. But Top Gear, the BBC did a really really good job. The whole production team they deserve a lot of credit. But what I wanted to talk about most was the Sabine Smith tribute, which I did mention a few weeks ago. Uh, if you're unaware, Sabine Schmidt sadly passed away uh, about three weeks ago now from cancer, and we did we did actually do a tribute episode to her a few weeks ago when we reviewed the BMW M3, which is an interesting car. But the BBC has since made a tribute, which is available on the BBC iPlayer, um, uh, Sabine Schmidt's tribute, and it was actually broadcasted on last Wednesday, time of recording, um, on BBC One, just after the One Show. So, yeah, it was a lovely tribute. I've watched it twice now. It's half an hour long. And it featured past and present Top Gear presenters. So, Paddy McGuinness, uh, Chris Harris, Freddie Flintoff, Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, James May, which is nice. Well done to BBC for having them back. It's nice and grown up, I think. Uh, they had to, anyway. You know, they're, they're all part you know, they're all part of the Top Gear family. So, it was only right. Uh, Rory Reid, Matt LeBlanc, uh, Toto Wolf. Um, a lot of the well, some of the guests as well that joined. Zoe Ball was, you know, doing the voiceovers. It was nice. No Chris Evans, which is not really a surprise. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was a lovely tribute. Everything was just ordered right. You know, it was sad, but it made you think positively about her life because she did live a good one. That is for sure. Um, but yeah, I can recommend you do have a look at this uh, Sabine Schmidt's tribute, but do bring a box of tissues with you because it was very sad, and I've got to admit, it nearly did set me off. So um, yeah, a really, really good tribute, and so well done to the BBC for the making of that. It was just just lovely, really, and just reminds you what an incredible woman she was in motorsport and in the entire motoring industry. She was just incredible. Um, let's uh, move on to BMW Mini swiftly, uh, a bit more positive. Um, BMW Mini is now 20 years old. So, obviously, Mini, um, the, the the classic Mini ended late 90s, early 2000s. I think 2000 was the last one it rolled, rolled off the production line. Was it 2000? I think it is. Um, but then BMW bought Mini, and they, um, you know, they brought the Mini back with the facelift, the R50, I think it was. Fun fact for you, actually, Mini, back in the day, was written in capital letters. But then when BMW bought Mini... They uh, turned to um, lowercase letters, so as a word instead of like a you know an acronym type word. So there's a little fun fact for you. Um, so yeah, I think I got that Smith and Sniff actually. Richard Porter was talking about it. So there we go. Equally good podcast to this. So um, yeah, 20 years of the BMW Mini. What I forgot to say. Um, it's an interesting car. Some of them are naff and some of them are good. We had the R56, I think it was a 2007 model, 1.6 litre petrol Mini Cooper. It was in it was champagne colour. It was it was an odd colour, but it was just, it was interesting, and it was all right. It was certainly sporty. I think it was like 135 horsepower or something. So it had some beans, but 
Um, it was very bumpy. You hit a pothole and it wants to send you into a ditch. It was very sensitive and some people like that, fair enough. But, you know, it was my dad's car and he didn't like it. So it moved on after two years, which is, you know, quite short for us to have a car. We swapped it for our Toyota Yaris, which was then swapped by a Fiat Panda 100 horsepower. So there we go. There's a little car history thing for you. So uh, there we go, BMW Mini. Um, I think nowadays the electric one is more relevant than the petrol one, I think. Um, the new, I think, you know, Minis are meant to be electric, kind of. That's what I've, you know, figured from modern-day minis. They, they sort of, you know, deserve to be electric. My auntie had a uh, R53, I think. 2003? I'm not really sure. Mini Cooper. It was years ago. Um, but then she had a couple more kids and it had to go. Um, but it was red. It had white stripes. It had a Union Jack on the roof. It was perfect. Uh, but it had low suspension, so equally uncomfortable, um, he says, with a really bouncy Fiat Panda on the driveway. Um, but there we go. Congratulations, happy birthday as well to the BMW Mini, as well as Jeremy Clarkson. So there's, you know, another object we can dedicate the podcast to. Anyway, I've been rambling a lot this past 20 minutes, so finally it's time for the Piston Podcast Pick of the Week. Air horns, please. And this week, as I said, it's the Volkswagen ID4, which is Volkswagen's all-electric SUV. So it's priced from £40,110, which is a lot of money. It's a lot of money, undoubtedly, but most of these to be honest, would be PCP'd. So it's them prices you need to pay attention to mostly. It's powered by a 77 kilowatt hour battery, which produces 201 horsepower. That's the powerful version. The less powerful version is about 150, I think. Uh, £229 for a torque. Again, that varies with what motor you go for. It's rear-wheel drive, although there is an all-wheel drive version. Single-speed auto, because it's electric. The range up to 250 miles, which is quite promising, actually. Um... Maybe the one of the faults with the ID3 was the range, so that's good. 0 to 16, 8.5 seconds, although apparently it feels slower, but that's the figure it is. It's probably because it's big and wafty that it feels slower. Top speed, 99 miles per hour, that's limited. Um, a lot of electric cars are, so I wouldn't pay attention to that really. Uh, it weighs over 2 tonnes at 2,124 kilograms. Uh, zero grams of CO2 emissions per kilometre because it's electric. As a five-seater, really, that's just a standard SUV things. But the alternatives are the Ford Mustang Mach-E, which is good, a strong contender. The Kia e-Nero, which is equally good. I think the Koreans are really good at this, you know, electric wizardry. They seem to, you know, get a lot of get, get a lot of the batteries, which is, you know, I think the Europeans and the Amer- not the Americans, they're doing a good job. But the the Europeans need to take, you know, hint from the Koreans because they're doing it right. Uh, and more expensive rivals, the Tesla Model 3 and the Polestar 2. Or the new Model Y, which is coming out in a few months, I think. So, um, there we go. Pros and cons for the ID4. Pros, it's very spacious. Uh, it's comfortable and smooth. And it's got a promising range and power output. You can't argue with that. It's just a very, you know, it's, it's thought of. There's, there's not really a transmission tunnel, which means that the middle rear passenger has room to put their legs which is a crucial thing but if you don't have legs and that's fair enough you can have as much transmission tunnel as you want but vw have you know considered all audiences which is good cons the styling now this is controversial it could be a pro to you but personally i'm going to argue that the id4 is funny looking uh, it looks all right from the rear it's quite mpv-ish but from the front it's a bit odd a lot of VWs are, like the caddy's been facelifted, and that looks a bit odd now. It looks alright, it doesn't look ugly, but it's a bit odd if you if you compare it to the previous gen VWs, which probably look nicer 
Sorry, VW, but it's true. Then again, the ID3 does look good. So yeah, that, that's a good that's a good pro. Uh, the price as well, um, it's quite high, forty grand. But again, as I said, a lot of these would be PCP'd. And confusing infotainment system. It's not very user friendly. Let's be honest. It's got a screen that looks like it's been slapped on to the dashboard, and it's it's fiddly to use. To be honest, so there we go. It's not great. The previous generation VW systems were better, and I know because my friend has a Golf GTI Mark 7.5, and that infotainment screen works perfectly. So they should have just transferred that. To be honest, but there we go. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5, or it might be a bit too generous. It's not really the car for me. If you want a review to actually go and watch, I can recommend Johnny Smith's Late Break Show review, because that was good, very in detail. As a car, it's fine, but, you know, other than that, it's, you know, it's not for me. But it might be for you, so there we go. If it isn't for you, then I'm going to give you 10 alternatives. Uh, so this is a top 10 list of family EVs, courtesy of Autocar. Oh, and as I'm recording this, it's just started snowing outside. Oh, that's nice. That's a bit funny though, because you know it was it was warm this morning. Um, so yeah, that's, that's British weather at the moment. Anyway, and number ten, top ten list of family EVs from Autocar is the Peugeot E208, 2008. 208 is their catchback, isn't it? It's the SUV. Uh, and number nine is the Citroen EC4, which does look good. And number eight is the Volvo XC40 Recharge P8. And number seven is the MG5. SWEV. That's a lot of letters. I feel like all cars are going into the, you know, loophole of, you know, just having letters in their name, which is not very nice. And number six is the Nissan Leaf. And number five is the Volkswagen ID4, which, you know, we've just talked about. And number four is the Hyundai Kona Electric. Good car. And number three is an equally good car. It's the Kia Soul EV, which I think looks wicked. And number two is the VW ID3, which is the smaller version of the ID4. Um, it's meant to be like the third generation people's car in a way. That's what they say. The the Beetle being the first, the Golf being the second, and the ID3 being the third. So there we go. And number one, according to Autocar, the best family EV on sale is the Kia E Nero. And to be honest, they're probably not wrong. They do look good. And the um, the technology they use and everything, the battery technology, is really good. They, you know, they've got high range, they've got enough power. What is not to like? And, you know, uh, they have good owner reviews, so that's perfect. It's time now to move on to My Way or Highway. We still need a jingle for this. I know I say that every week and have been doing for over a year, but, you know, I may as well just sing one. My Way or Highway. Yeah, on the Piston Podcast. So there we go. I apologise. If you're listening at work or something and I've just sung that, then I apologise to um, to anybody that's there. Um, this week, it's the Giant's Causeway, which is a funny name, but it's known as one of the world's greatest drives. It's in Northern Ireland, 120 miles long, so, you know, it's long enough. It hugs the coastline between Belfast and Derry, Londonderry. That's a funny name. Uh, in Northern Ireland, as I just said, it features wild landscapes, Shown in Game of Thrones. Now, I'm going to disappoint you all, uh, listeners, and I'm going to say I've never watched Game of Thrones, and probably never will. Um, so I don't really know what it is, to be honest. What is Game of Thrones? <laughs> I I just know every single listener is just screaming at their phones and computers and smart speakers. Daniel, you're a moron. I know I am. I know I am. I said, what was it, 250, 100,000 at the start of the podcast. So I don't know what Game of Thrones is. Sorry, that's just me. Anyway, it's it's probably time to wrap this one up, I'm afraid. It's time to end with the quiz question of the week. So, two weeks ago, I asked, um, 
What was the Citroen 2CV designed to carry without breaking? And the answer to that quiz question was a basket of eggs. Now, you can find all these quiz questions and answers on the Piston Podcast Twitter, at Piston Podcast. So you can you can go over, you can go check that out and have a gander. All of the previous questions are on there as well. So, yeah, there we go. This week's quiz question on this show, which the answer will be revealed later on in the week, probably on Wednesday, is... Um, the pumps within the engine cooling system of the Bugatti Chiron could brim a bath in how many seconds? So, if you use the pumps in the engine cooling system of the Bugatti Chiron in a bath, how many seconds would it take to brim the bath? That is the question. It's probably it's it's you know it's not as long as you probably think. It's quite quick. So you know answers on a postcard. Send them in via Twitter or Instagram, and yeah, the answer will be revealed quite shortly. Um, so there we go, that's the quiz question well and truly sorted so there we go totally not stolen from Richard Porter's um, Boring Car Trivia Volume 2 book I know one listener noticed that um, Noel Huggett, who was a previous guest they all seem to be guests um, but there we go, another podcast you need to listen to I should get Noel back soon because he's a very, very nice guy so there we go. It's time to wrap this episode up. So thank you ever so much for listening. Remember, you can follow me on social media at Daniel Carzo Five, where I post post absolutely nonsense, you know, car related stuff. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Piston Podcast. Remember to give the podcast a like, a share, a follow, you know, a subscribe, whatever platform you're on, Amazon, Spotify, Apple. Just anything, anything. Just show your support. You leave a positive review because it does really help. The snow is really falling now. I know this is not television. If it was, I would show you. But, um, yeah, I'm going to describe it in podcast form. I'm looking out my window, and there's a Ford Transit, which is slowly being covered with snow. So there we go. That's very nice. I'm not going to go out and play in it. No chance. No chance. I'm going to stay in the lovely warm and probably watch some Johnny Smith because that's kind of what I do on a Sunday so there we go do stay safe and hopefully the next episode it's my Alexa in the background the next episode I shall be joined by special guest I've got to organize it and then you know we're coming up to the end of the series I think I'm going to you know shut this one off at episode 15 but I've got plans there's, there's plans to make the end of the series exciting so episode 12 is next hopefully joined by a guest episode 13 Probably on my own. Episode 14, probably with two guests. <laughs> a bit of a clue. Previous guests as well. It'll be interesting. Episode 15 on my own. Most likely a special, but I don't know. So there's a little insight into what's to come. Thank you for listening, and I will see you soon. Farewell. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Piston Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Just before you go, remember you can follow me on social media at DanielCarzo5. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Piston Podcast. See you next time for more interesting car chats.